Welcome to the Backyard PA Football Podcast. Pennsylvania's backyard lives here. Don't bring that trouble with you. Don't bring that trouble with you. Big time players from the big time games, and that's what we did, baby. Yes, Hello and welcome back to the Backyard Pay Football Podcast. I'm Nathan Grella. I'm Jeremiah Miller. And we are super excited to talk to you guys about week seven. Jeremiah, you were in the you weren't in the hospital, but you were in the medical room a little bit uh, this past weekend. Uh, what uh, did you see just from the outside looking in here, uh, looking at the Week 7 games? Well, um, you know, some games that, like our game of the week, we'll say, for example, didn't go as planned, at least from Mount Pleasant, that is. Um, I did get to watch one game of a couple teams we do cover. I did get to see 22 points coverage of Moon and Upper St. Clair, so I'll say I covered that game from my uh, bed, but... Um, you know, that game, that was an interesting game for me to watch because, you know, when we think of these higher classification teams like 5 and 6A, um, you know, they like to air the ball out a little bit more where this was like an old-fashioned football game, something you might see in like single-A, double-A, you know. These two teams ground and pound the whole game. Dylan Sleva had like 30-plus carries for 201 yards for Moon. He had the big game. And then Upper St. Clair had their wildcat offense where – you didn't know who was going to be a quarterback on every single play. And Upper St. Clair didn't care. You know, they just ran it down Moon's throat. And um, really, it just came down to the last possession, and Moon took advantage of it. So, great game. Moon winning that one 16-13. Should be That game really sets up a big matchup here coming in the last two weeks of the season if Moon and Bethel Park can both win out. Yeah, and the way the Allegheny Six is lining up, it seems like there's at least four teams that can win a playoff game. Um, and it's not that way, you know, across a different 5A. Like, I wouldn't say Fox Chapel is going to win a playoff game for whoever they're going to play or or Franklin Regional or whoever. But th- at least in Allegheny 6, there's literally four to five really competent football teams that can upset anyone. Like, if Upper St. Clair were to play Moon again, it's probably a 50-50 split if they're going to win again. So um, we'll talk about that uh, matchup here soon. But let's get to the game of the week in 3A, the interstate the Mount Pleasant Vikings taking down Elizabeth Ford 35 to nothing. What were your takeaways from this game as Elizabeth Ford clinches the interstate title? Uh, Elizabeth Ford's back. Like, we were worried about them in the beginning. Like, hey, we know they got a great defense. Where's the offense at? Uh, the offense was there on Friday night. You know, Zach Boyd had a heck of a game. Zion White, you know, the list goes on. You know, these guys really stepped up when they needed to. And they have the last couple weeks, but we haven't seen it against an opponent like Mount Pleasant. You know, this game was poor the conference championship now they haven't clinched the conference championship officially yet but i think everybody and their sister knows that hey elizabeth forward's going to win the interstate conference um so great domination uh from elizabeth forward um on friday night against mount pleasant to really solidify themselves as not only the best team in the interstate but a top four team in 3a do you think this game kind of also solidified that Zion White, while he was doubted earlier in the season, is really a top-tier 3A quarterback in that Zach Boyd on the outside on both offense and defense. That that tandem is going to be um, key uh, going into the 3A playoffs. Yeah, it is. I mean, they're hitting their strides perfectly, like right now when you need to, heading into the postseason, getting a little momentum going. Um, something that that connection really wasn't there. Um, to start the year, you know, we got losses to West Mifflin, which I, I know they're 4A, but they're not a great 4A team, as we'll talk about their performance on Friday night against your hated Hollidaysburg. Uh, well, I don't even know what their mascot is. The Tigers. Are they? I, I, I should have just guessed that. Um, 
But, uh, yeah, you know, Zion White proved what he needed to. Zach Boyd's a heck of an athlete to get the ball to. Um, and this Elizabeth forward team, you know, just looking across, you know, 3A, we look at the better. Now, now the Northwestern Six Conference has probably, in my opinion, the two best teams in 3A. Well, two of the best. I don't, I'm know. Say. I don't know. North Avonworth, Catholic. And I, I know. I forgot about North Catholic. But Avonworth and North Catholic, I think, right now are on the same scale for me. They're like tier two. Tier three is like, hey, you probably put Elizabeth Ford in tier two, two I guess. But like Central Valley, I, I just don't know if anybody's going to touch Central Valley this year, yeah. uh, truth be said. And that's uh, and North Catholic, I mean, like, I, I guess we, like, North Catholic, we think is good. I mean, they really don't have anybody. Um, tough in their conference. Now, they got a game coming up against Freeport soon. That game will probably decide, uh, will decide, actually. they got a conference championship um, for the Allegheny 7. So that'll be interesting to see. But back to the question at hand. Yes, I think that the elite duo of Zach Boyd and Zion White is going to lead the Warriors on a potential uh, championship push again. Yeah, when we're splitting hairs between North Catholic and Avonworth, I mean, North Catholic hasn't played the same quality of teams that Avonworth has played. Obviously, Avonworth has played Central Valley already. Avonworth lost to Stow Rocks by three um, in non-conference play. North Catholic opened up with Hopewell, Ambridge, Blackhawk, and they're all pretty dominant wins. They only beat Blackhawk by a point. So, you know, when you're looking at the quality of opponent, I would assume that probably I'd put Elizabeth Ford above North Catholic, but I understand that North Catholic... That comes with a certain standard every year, and they're going to be ranked near the top anyway. Uh, let's go into 1A, though, the Tri-County South game of the week. This is really for second place in the Tri-County South. And it was the Carmichael's rushing attack getting five touchdowns against California to win 35-20. to uh, What were your takeaways here from uh, Trent Carter's dominant performance over Cal and how they were just able to kind of run away with it there in the fourth quarter. Yeah, good job by Carmichael's, too. I mean, let's not forget Cal was up early in that game, and Carmichael's had to fight back. Um, so, great game. Trenton Carter, great game as well, proving himself as probably the best quarterback in the conference. Um, really does it all for Carmichael's. You and I were talking before we went live. Um, you know, we think Trenton Carter's basically their quarterback slash running back since Carmichael's doesn't really have a true running back. And... Um, we got a little information before the show. Trenton Carter is 168 rushing yards away from being the 12th quarterback in WPL history to be a part of the 1,000-yard passing and 1,000-yard rushing club in a single season. So pretty interesting stat to show you what kind of player Trenton Carter is. California has nothing to be ashamed of. They put up a very good effort against Carmichael's, but... You know, just obviously 15 points shy of where they wanted to be. And now, in my opinion, it looks like Cal is probably going to be um, on the road for the first round of the WPL playoffs. We could see them be the eight seed, right? But it's it's kind of a difficult stretch if you're going to put it there. It is because you're looking at, well, the the thing that's really going to hurt the Tri-County South is West Green blew out California and Carmichael's, right? But West Green got blown out by Burgestown. I know it was early in the season, but you know the committee's not going to forget about Burgestown just won their first game this past weekend since they beat West Green in week two, the third yeah, game. Yeah, it's not going to look That doesn't great. look good. And they beat Northgate, who right now, if you, we look at the Big Seven Conference, Northgate Union and Burgestown are all sitting tied for last at one and four. So that's the one thing that's really going to hurt um, the Tri-County South. I know you came out and said that you had West Green as a three seed. I know that you say that's off precedence I mean, and everything. I mean, they should at least get a home game, so they should be at oh, least Oh, I think they'll be. Yeah, they'll get a home as a game. Conference I think they, they should, should be, be at, at least four. four, but I could see them dropping down as low as six, believe it or not. Even, that, even as a conference champion, I mean, I think we can both agree that Clareton, Bishop Canavan, Greensburg Central Catholic are better than West Green. Maybe even Leechburg. You know, that's kind of like, I, that's where I kind of go, yeah, that'd be a heck of a game. And then you look in the. I mean, Fort Cherry's probably better than West Green. And Fort Cherry beat. Well, Fort Cherry only beat Carmichael's by seven. Yeah. But you're, I get what you're saying with the Burgestown win. Then I'd say, yeah, probably Cornell's better. Rochester's probably better. Then this conference gets thrown to pieces because here you have Shenango beat Olsh on Saturday, 14 to seven. So now you got Olsh that might be on the road. And on the first weekend, and I could see Ols playing West Green, which I think if you're West Green, you do not want to see 
Oh, the first round of the playoffs. And that's a matchup that we actually could have gotten two years ago, but uh, we they, they went to Greensboro Central Catholic instead. It was just like a choice between those two teams. Mm-hmm. So um, let's move on here, though, into the next game, or probably a B-tier game of the week. It probably would have been the game of the week if uh, Mount Pleasant and Elizabeth Ford didn't have so much hype behind it. But McCovey at Chartiers Houston, the Bucks went in 13-7, a brilliant defensive performance. The linebackers were swarming all over the field. Uh, roll Bucks, Jeremiah. What were your opinions? Yeah, this was the win the Chartiers Houston needed, especially at 2A. The big win, I know McGuffey's down this year, but they're still McGuffey. We can argue last 10, well, the last few years since McGuffey dropped back down from 2A. It's been Wash High, it's been McGuffey, you know, right here, you know, Char Houston. Put their foot in the door. Now they're all the way in the door. They're in the room with Wash High as two teams that are going to host a playoff game uh, out of the Century Conference. Great win from Chartiers Houston. They shut down McGuffey's offense early and often. Their offense did what they needed to do, and that was score more points than McGuffey did. Great win for Char Houston. Great win for that program. Um, and I look forward to seeing who Char Houston will play in the first round of the playoffs because I think that'll be a very excellent game. Maybe even our game of the week I, for the first I'm, round of the right playoffs. Right now, as it stands, I think I'm slating that game as the game of the week. As of right now, just looking. Yeah. I, I agree because, I, th- I, I mean, you, you we're looking. You know, I mean, it's so hard to tell with two. And we because, haven't been to Chargers Houston as a game of the week yeah, before either. Yeah. And that's something that they've really been wanting for, I don't I mean, know, two plus years. I mean, you're looking. They could be getting a team like Freedom, Mohawk, who's been a big surprise team. You know, we could get Ligonier Valley, Shadyside Academy. You know, the list goes on. Go down to um, Stowe Rocks, the Three Rivers Conference. You get Southside Beaver. You know, I think right I, now I, I you're looking know. at Chargers Houston lining up with Mohawk. I think that's a game. That, I think that'd be an awesome game. I think that's a game that's probably right now one of the more, like, you can probably write it down in pencil at the moment. What do you think um, that'd out be? Of you think that'd be like a. Like a seven ten match. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it would be. I, I think you even had it like as an eight nine. Um, yeah, but yeah. No higher than a six eleven. Yeah, that's the highest I would go. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Chargers Houston is going to be really <coughs> higher than probably seven anyway. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, a, a fantastic win. A Chargers Houston is a team that that offense is going to struggle, and they're probably one injury away from getting shut out in the playoffs. Uh, but. Defense, that, de- that defense is legit. Defense wins championships. That defense can stop just about anyone not named Still Rock, Sarah Catholic, Wash High, Laurel. <laughs> that was real <laughs> like, That was nice of you. Hey, yeah. you're good. <laughs> that, but, that five team top tier in 2A, um, they'll, those teams will blow right past Chargers Houston, but I think Chargers Houston can beat any other team. Like if they match up with like Beaver, Beaver's Fall, Beaver Falls in the second uh, round. I would. I think that would be a probably a close game. Although Jaron Brickner is pretty good, but uh, the Chargers' season's defense is for real, and they showed it against the triple option. Their linebackers can read a quarter, can read the quarterback like a book. Um, it it they're a fun team to watch, and that was a very special win for them. I mean, the scene on the field at the end of the game was something special too. So, um, Chargers' season is probably going to be a dangerous team to watch coming up in the playoffs. All right, and in 6A, and this was a game that I was following kind of closely while I was at the Chargers Houston game. Uh, Nick Hosshalter was there. Cannon Mack went up 14 nothing on North Allegheny, and then North Allegheny scored 36 points unanswered. Uh, what were your takeaways from the Big Macs and how they were able to kind of be very good in the first half and then just completely fall apart. I, you could say North Allegheny kind of woke up at halftime. Yeah, big brother uh, let little brother stay in the game a little bit, and then the big brother, you know, took what was his. Um, Keenan Mack blew a great opportunity uh, in this game. Um, but I, I don't, like, I, I still don't feel awful about Keenan Mack's chances in the 6A playoffs. Now, I'm not saying that they could beat Mount Lebanon. I'm not saying they could beat Central Catholic. But, you know, we look at the last two weeks. Lost to Seneca Valley at a heartbreaker in double overtime at Seneca Valley. You had a great chance at home. You're up 14-0 against North Allegheny. And then you let North Allegheny score 36 unanswered points. Um, like I said, I still feel good about Canamax's chances um, in the 6A playoffs to make a little push. Um, for the semis, if not make it to Heinz Field, we'll see. Um, but but yeah, you know, disappointing. You didn't get the win, and you were up 
two touchdowns and then you let North Allegheny climb back into it like they did. But um, let's, I'm not really worried about the Big Macs at all, though. I mean, you might be. I, I don't have any. It, the story will be written in the playoffs. Yeah. Right? They're already in the playoffs. They're going to open up probably going to Seneca Valley or going to North Allegheny. Um, and I, that that game will be decided here on, in Week 9. Uh, but those are two teams that they were very competitive with during the season. I don't know. Very competitive is probably a loose term for what we saw on Friday night. But, I mean, you know, Ken and Mac can compete with those two teams, so there's not a reason why they couldn't win playing those two teams a second time. Um, so, yeah, and Ken and Mac is probably a team that you're going to watch out for going into the playoffs. Back to the Tri-County South, though. Avella Eagles winning and breaking their, I think, eight-game or nine-game losing streak. Um, they win 30-21, to and now, Jeremiah... The Avella Eagles have a game with Manesson coming up on week nine. I know. I t- and I, if I, they win that game, they make the playoffs. I know. Like, I texted you over the weekend, and like I was like, you realize there's still a chance Avella makes the playoffs, right? Like, un- unreal. Like, we could be talking about a 2-8 and eight football team, because just mark it up. They'll, they'll, they'll lose to Carmichael's. I mean, who knows? We said that last year. No, they're year. losing to Carmichael. <laughs> okay. Like, but, yeah, no, that, I, I think That has could, been written on the yeah. locker of every single Carmichael's player for the last year. And that's year. at Carmichael's yes. this year. Yeah, so, yeah. That, uh, yeah, never mind. Whatever the over is, take it. Take it, <laughs> yeah. So, um, but then we're looking at, Avella's going to head into the Manessing game as 1-8. Manessing, who's their game this week? It is against... I believe Cal. Yeah. So we'll say Manessin loses that one. Manessin will be three and six. Avella wins that game. They are in the postseason at two and eight. And they have a date with Bishop Canavan (laughs) or literally, well, Rochester. You know, who pick your poison. Whoever is Whoever's Cornell, you know, it doesn't matter. Uh, but that's still incredible for this Avella team because of how bad. I mean, they have been this year, but they're pulling it out when they need to. And against a game against Bentworth where, I mean, we look at Bentworth. Bentworth was, like, I was shocked because Bentworth can put up points. I mean, Bentworth was down to Jefferson by 16 in the second half of that game on their homecoming night. Came back and beat Jefferson 49-48. to And then Jefferson crushed Avella crushed Avella, and we know how we highly we are on Jefferson, not too much, <laughs> here Avella beats Bentworth. It, it just And the fact that Avella still has a playoff shot, and probably the best out of Bentworth and Jefferson, well, yeah, because Manesson beat both of those uh, teams. Yeah, Jefferson, so. more, Jefferson, Jefferson and Bentworth are eliminated. Like, There's no way they so, can get yeah. it. So literally, it's a one-game playoff coming up <coughs> between Avella and Manesson. Uh, Jefferson Morgan at Mapletown. Mapletown won that game 43-12. to uh, West Green visiting Manesson. And this is a game, I'm not sure how close you were following the West Green-Manesson game, uh, but 28-14. Was this, that final score a little bit surprising to you? Uh, I think you told me might Colin Brady might have had some injury problems there. Uh, what were your takeaways from the Pioneers' kind of lackluster win over there at Manesson? Um, well, one thing first, Manesson is a very, very tough place to play, no matter how good or bad the team is. But really, this is just a case that West Green played poorly and probably overlooked Manesson more than they should have. Um, now, West Green's had a little bit you know, of injuries to go as of late. Um, obviously, the biggest one, Nathan Orndoff, he is out the rest of the year with a torn MCL. That takes the deep threat away, so that's a huge loss for the Pioneers. Um, but just sloppy play all around by the Pioneers and not something you want to see um, from the team that's going to win this conference championship. I mean, we'll say they beat Jefferson this week, but let's say Jefferson pulls off you know, the upset of the, the, the year. You know, that puts up, you know, Mapletown, how they're playing right now against West Green. I mean, at Mapletown last game of the year, you know, if they can't stop Manesson, I would think they have troubles against Landon Stevenson. So um, I'm sure Coach Hansen is going to have, and I know he will, 
um, have the team ready to go on Friday and the next two Fridays to, um, you know, reassure the committee that they're ready for the playoffs. But, yeah, a disappointing performance by the Pioneers. But at the end of the day, you do got to win those ugly games, and that is what they did on Friday night. All right, and jumping up into the century, Wash High at home. They beat Charleroi 55 to nothing. their first game in two weeks, and it looks like they'll be back off again on another off week as Frazier um, just forfeited their game to the Prexies. Uh, South Allegheny out South Park, and this was a pick game for us, and South Allegheny wins 26-7. to They make the playoffs. They break their... Um, Playoffless streak, nine uh, years exactly. Uh, what what were your opinions there from the Gladiators' dominant win over South Park and maybe their best win of the season? Oh yeah, they played their best complete game of the season. Um, I know we had talked. You know we were high. I I, I had South Allegheny as number two uh, in the conference um, heading into the year in the preseason, so I was very high um, on the Gladiators. Just how much they returned from last year. Um, they had a rough first start to the season. I mean, their first two games uh, at Sarah Catholic, who's one of the best teams in all the WPIL, not just in 2A. Uh, then at St. Clairsville, Ohio, who right now is in the top 20 in the state of Ohio in their respective classification. Uh, and, and then, you know, they've had a, they've had, they had a very tough non-conference schedule. Which that's a, that's a, you know that's accredited to the coaching staff and the athletic director you know scheduling a tough you know non conference schedule to get them ready for this conference matchups um, and it worked out they beat South Park um, you know they got wins over York Brownsville and South Park now hey that's all you needed to do to get in the playoffs and that, you know that's what they did so um, congratulations to South Allegheny congratulations to Coach Frank Cortazzo on uh, making the playoffs that's a huge thing for them they haven't made the playoffs since. Uh, Jesse James was in high school, former tight end of the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, and they're one of those teams where remember the top four seeds in the th- in three A are going to get buys. So, assuming that th- they're probably going to play a team like Keystone, Freeport, I was thinking Keystone yeah, Oaks. Keystone Oaks. Th- th- I think those are both very favorable opponents um, for South Allegheny if they wanted to get that conference win. Obviously, it's going to be a road game, but I think those are very winnable games uh, for the Gladiators if they wanted to make a little bit of a run in the playoffs. I don't think I don't see a reason why um, they couldn't do that with the weapons they have. In the rest of the interstate, and this game, uh, you kind of recapped to me earlier, uh, but Yaket Valley 23-6 ends in a semi-forfeit um, just an odd situation. <laughs> you know more about the situation than I do, so yeah, take it away. So basically, just from reading on it, um, you know, York just, Valley was up twenty three um, to six when the incident occurred. Um, you know, I'm not going to say who started the fight, who didn't. You know, that's he say. You know, he said, she said. Um, but basically, uh, it, the game was going to resume, and then an official from the York School District called the game. Now, with the article I read, Yawk didn't comment on the situation, so this was, you know, all the sourcing was from Valley's head coach. And Valley's head coach has been in this incident before, you know, just a couple years ago with Valley and Elwood City into the brawl they did, um, which, you know, he said in that game he got a lot of scrutiny because he's the one that called that game. Now, that game was like there was not much time left on the clock. This game, you know, there was still another half of football to play. You know, it was still... You know, I mean, it was twenty-three to six, but it still could have. You know, Yaw gets a couple plays here and there. They're right in the game, so he said that he didn't want to be the one making that decision. So he was like, "Don't leave it up to me." Um, and Yaw Yaw forfeited and got out of New Kensington on Friday night. So, um, you know, I don't think it would change the game. I think honestly, it probably saved them from getting blown out a little more. I'm not gonna say a brawl save. That was probably bad use of words there, but. Um, yeah, not what you want to see. Both teams are going to have several players suspended, I assume, for one, throwing punches and then leaving the bench. I've read from the article. I'm sure the WPIL is going to come out their decision soon. It's unfortunate because for both teams, uh, with only two games left in the season, both teams are not going to make the playoffs. Um, their seasons are most likely going to be over. And they're both out-of-conference games, too, so it doesn't have that much of an effect on conference standings at the end of the day either, so... Um if there was one game that you'd want to start a fight in, I guess it would be this one. Um, let's jump into 4A Big 8. 
Uh, Jeremiah Belvern, 49 nothing over Trinity, and Trinity is really just uh, loading up for their game this week and basically a de facto playoff game coming up. McKeesport, big win <coughs> over Laurel Highlands, 42-7. to um, Hit that over on the 28-point spread, and I feel pretty proud of myself. That offense was cooking Caleb Reese in the air. Um, downfield had a 41, I think it was 41-yard bomb. Um, so what were your opinions of McKee Sports offense over a Laurel Highlands team that I think most people expect to make the playoffs? Uh, yeah, McKee Sport just showing how dominant they are. And now we've talked about it all year, previewing it for like the last month. Now it's time. Now McKeesport has to go out and show who they really are. Are they the best team in this conference? Are they right in the middle between Belver and TJ? Or are they just, you know, that third team, you know? But now we get to see McKeesport in the next two weeks prove who they are. Um, and that's, I think that started last week against Laurel Highlands in the dominating fashion that we've seen because we've seen both TJ and Belvernon dominate Laurel Highlands. So, you know, Belvernon's right there in that category with them. So um, it's going to be an exciting next two weeks of football um, for McKeesport Tigers for sure. And Holidaysburg visited West Mifflin 32-20. The Tigers beat the Titans not the best result for me personally, um, but I think it really shows, even though it was a 12-point win, it shows the disparity between District 6 and District 7, where a District 6 5A team that's the only 5A team in District 6 uh, goes to the Whippeal and loses to a bad 4A team, or didn't lose, but won by 12 points um, to a, a mediocre to bad 4A team. Uh, I think it really shows the disparity between the two areas of the state. Aside from that, not really a really super interesting score. West Mifflin is not going to be a playoff team at the end of the day. Uh, Ringgold visiting at TJ, 42-6, the Jaguars win. And in the Allegheny Six Conference, Peters Township at Bethel Park, and Bethel Park put down a statement 38-8 over the defending Whippeal runner-ups. Uh, what were your opinions on Bethel Park? They seem to be on a little bit of a hot streak and now entering a game that... Uh, for all intensive purposes, is for their conference. Uh, do you think the Blackhawks have enough juice in them to get that win? Yeah, I do. They're playing their best football right now. I mean, we're talking about a team that started the season off 1-3, and three, and now they've won three in a row. They're 3-0 and oh in conference, the Allegheny Six. I mean, we've talked about all year, every team in this conference could be a playoff team any any day. I mean, we saw Latrobe and Franklin Regional played for probably that last playoff spot in their conference, which well, that was a thrilling game, by the way, 41-40 to 40, Franklin Regional. But I would say, I mean, right now you're looking at Peters Township, who's the defending runner-up in 5A, and South Fayette, who's a perennial power, sitting on the outside looking in. And I would say those two teams are probably better than Franklin Regional and probably Woodland Hills, too, honestly. So, you know, that just shows how tough this conference is. And for Bethel Park to come out like they did this year, I mean, we're talking about a Bethel Park team. I believe Bethel Park didn't win a game last year. So I know that was a COVID-shortened season, but look at how Bethel Park's come this year in their quote-unquote revenge tour. Um, they're setting up for a monster game with the number one team in 5A coming up here in a few weeks against Moon. So um, great, win for, great win by Bethel Park. I know they got their arch rival in Upper St. Clair this week, so um, that'll be an interesting one. Yeah, we're going to be talking about that Bethel Park-Moon game coming up. Uh, Peters Township, uh, on the other side of it, has to win out. Uh, to make the playoffs. Fortunately, they do play the two bottom-tier teams um, in the Allegheny <coughs> Six and the West Allegheny and South Fayette. If they're able to win those two games, you're looking at probably a bottom seed in 5A, but still a, a very winnable opening round matchup because, remember, the f- top four teams in 5A, it's like 3A. They get buys as well. Um, so you're looking at a game that you should be at least competitive in uh, for your opening round playoff game if you're the Indians. Upper St. Clair visiting the Moon Tigers. This is a game that you watched on TV, so I want your full um, opinions of uh, of the Panthers and the Tigers. The Tigers won 16-13. Um, I, I, I think it was like 14-13, and then they got a late safety or yeah. something like that. Uh, what were your opinions now? Um, now that you saw Moon play a team that dis- basically destroyed Peters Township, and we think Upper St. Clair is a, a very dangerous team to look at in 5A. Um, do you think Moon is all of that one seed um, going into the playoffs, or do you think there there's still some conjecture there? You know, I, I don't know because I haven't seen them 
uh, blow out anyone that I thought they should, like Peters Township, but that was only a three-point game. Um, Beth and Upper St. Clair crushed Peter Township, remember that. So um, I think both teams showed on Friday night that they're both title contenders, even Upper St. Clair too. I mean, we're looking at 5A. 5A is super wide open out, especially Pine Richland's looking for their starting quarterback now because Cole Boyd's out for the rest of the year. So I was looking at Pine Richland as being that you know team to you know make a run, but you know they lost to North Hill. So 5A is so wide open. I guess I'd give Moon the one seed if they finish the season undefeated or even if they lose one of the next two games. But, you know, well... It's a, you know, it, it depends because, you know, if Bethel Park... I, you the know, real can of worms opens so, if Bethel Park wins. Yeah, if Bethel Park wins. I mean, I, I still think Moon probably the one seed. It's just like, I, I don't know. They're a good team. They're not a team that's going to blow you out. They're, they're a team that's going to just ground and pound and wear you down. So, and it kind of like what we saw from Elizabeth Ford <coughs> last year in 3A where Moon's defense has a real star and Ben Bladel... Uh, like kind of a Chase Watton in 3A, yeah. and they're able to win in that manner and just get just enough on offense. Uh, South Fayette at West Allegheny. The Indians shut out the South Fayette Lions 28 to nothing, and now West A is in, playing in a game this Friday, and if they win, they'll make the playoffs. Uh, do you think that um, that no Gavin Miller, obviously, for the rest of the season uh, – Man, the, the quarterback I learned yesterday, his name, it's escaping me. It's Mason something. Um, but do you think the Indians will be able to compete with it? With, okay, the other the Indians. Indians. Yeah, I was going to say. set that one up. And, I was like, and, hmm. and beat Peters Township this Friday to clinch the playoff spot. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Now, Peters Township definitely has a better defense than South Fayette did. But West Allegheny does have the weapons on the outside to compete with the speed of Peters Township. Should be a really interesting game and one to really look out for, obviously, because of the stakes, you know, being for that last playoff spot out of the Allegheny Six. Um, where's this game at? I, I, without even This game is going to be at Peters Township. <laughs> so there so, you go. Yeah, Peters, I'll be Township. There. <laughs> Peters Township has the advantage right there being at home. But, yeah, should be an interesting matchup. I mean, we just seen... Um, West Allegheny has all the way. I mean, did you see? Um, uh, you got Moss. You got yeah. Moss. Uh, Jay Sean Spencer for West Allegheny made it on Randy Moss's ESPN special. You got Moss. So, um, you know, they got the weapons out there. So it should be interesting for sure to see where um, both teams are. Because, like you said, if Peters or West Dade makes the playoffs, I could see both teams winning a playoff game in the first round. Depending on who they play, and they're likely to play. Mm-hmm. Probably a North Hills, probably a Penn Hills, probably a Pine Richland, like one of those three teams. Um, so, <coughs> yeah, it'll be an interesting matchup. Just think Peters Township, Pine Richland for the first round, how much fun that would be. Um, after week seven, though, games picked correctly. I picked 85 games correctly so far this year. You're not too far behind with 79. Um, I'm losing ground now. Yeah, you're, you lost your lock of the week and lost the three points. If you had <coughs> that, it would be a little bit closer. Oh, I did. I picked Bentworth, didn't I? Yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Rewind to last week when Jeremiah was like, who made that spread, man? That's, like, so generous. Oh <laughs> Novella ends up winning that. Um, and Wes, our guest, has picked two games correctly through the year, although he's only picked two weeks, so. All right, let's enter part two when we preview week eight. Um, and there are some really, really good games coming up. There's basically one for each conference except for the Tri-County South. Um, and let's start off in the big eight. Thomas Jefferson at McKeesport. Um, and McKeesport, their entire season, we've said it all year, has really come down to the final two games for the Tigers. And... Are we looking at a Tiger team that can really step out and make a statement to the entire Whippeal that we might be the best team, not only in the Whippeal in 4A, but maybe in the state? Um, yeah, I mean, this is the game you want if you're McKeesport um, to really show, like, hey, we, you know, we're 7-1. and one. Our one loss was to Canisius, New York. You know, who, who cares? One of the best that, teams in New York. That's what I mean. Like, literally, one of the best teams in the state of New York. So, like... You know, take that how you want it. Um, th- this is where McKeesport, where last year it was, well, it's TJ. You know, they they beat Belle Vernon by three touchdowns, whatever. McKeesport beat TJ, or McKeesport 
what was it, like 21 nothing in the opening week? I think Bell Vernon beat McKeesport last year. Yeah, yeah it was 20 nothing. 20 nothing. okay. So then you got that. And then McKeesport, last week of the season, we think TJ's just going to run through 4A undefeated, win state again, which they did. But the one hiccup along the way, McKeesport beat them at TJ. This game is at the port this week. This is the game they need to win. This is the game they've wanted. You know, that's the game they've marked on their calendars, even though they beat them last year. They want TJ, and uh, this is an opportunity of a lifetime for the McKeesport Tigers to cement themselves as, I, I think, right, I mean, if they win, I think they're at least one, two in for a, right behind Bell Vernon, but they play next week, so, but I'd slot them at two if they win this game. And TJ, earlier in the season, had a lot of trouble with stopping Devin Whitlock, um, and even though TJ has a great offensive line, a defensive line, the question still remains is if they have the weapons to compete with some of these higher skill teams like a Belvern and like Thomas, like a McKeesport. And you're looking at the McKeesport team now, Bobby Boyd, Kanye Thompson, Jamil Perryman, a combination of Caleb Reese and Jacob Miller. How does TJ stop on defense for Devin Whitlocks and not just one? Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, we look, Bell Vernon was running with pretty much ease uh, when Quentin Martin and Devin Whitlock were still in the game. Now we're looking at a four-headed monster, you know, with McKeesport, um, Kanye Thompson, Bobby Boyd, Jamil Perryman. Whoever's Make it five, actually. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you look Jacob Miller and Caleb Breest. So, you know, who knows? I mean, it, it's really going to be interesting to see. Now, TJ's had a year. They've seen the triple option before. Um, they'll see it again on Friday night. They've had a little bit more time. They know what to expect. But then again, I don't know because we got, I think, this year's version of McKeesport, even though they had guys like Asad Robinson last year who's playing Division II ball at Notre Dame College in Ohio, I still say this team's better this year, McKeesport, and I think you probably agree with me. Yeah, um, and when you look at the Legate team last year for Thomas Jefferson and the game last year, um, I think Jake Pugh threw like two or three picks. Uh, do you have that same confidence in McKeesport in that defense that they're going to be able to create turnovers against? You know, it, they're different <coughs> names, but like they're they're they've got roughly the same amount of skill. They got a good quarterback. They still have um, that Deron Van Bibber type in um, Elias Lippincott. Uh, do you think that TJ or that McKeesport is going to be able to create those turnovers and? kind of control this game like they did last year. Well, I don't know if it's going to be necessarily through the air because we look. Joe Lesky, he don't throw the ball too much. We look at that uh, Bell Vernon game. He only had 12 yards passing. That's not because he threw that bad. It's just they didn't throw much. Yeah, we're going to see the ground, the ball on the ground a lot with Connor Murray, Elias Lippincott, um, who's just a monster of a human being. Um, you know, and Lesky too. I mean, we look, Lesky had all three rushing touchdowns for TJ against Bell Vernon. So I think um, Coach Chirpak is going to have the same plan that they did against Bell Vernon, and that's just run it down McKeesport's throat until they tire out. And I think the biggest aspect of this game is going to be in the trenches. Um, you look at the five offensive linemen that TJ has, and you can probably slate them in at any Division II, in Division II school you want in the state. Um do you think that McKeesport has the dogs on the defensive line to create pressure um, on Joey Lexi and force him to make mistakes? That's my biggest question heading into this game. We hear about the athletes at McKeesport. Now, we know they're explosive. So, you know, the offensive line obviously is opening holes up somewhat. But we haven't seen them play a team like TJ this year. You know, we know T we know who TJ is. I mean they got guys on the line, Nick Bryan going to Kent State, you know, Jacob uh Jordan Mayer, excuse me, not Jacob, the mis- <laughs> the mistake you made. Jordan Mayer, uh, you know, he he's got a power five offer from Boston College and he's only a junior. Then they got other guys like Nick Florian and so on and what have you. You know, so they got the guys up front. We know them. We don't really know the guys from McKeesport. No Colin Lyons anymore. He's at Akron. You know, we'll see. We'll see. That's my biggest question heading into the game. And let's pick this game. Um, if you're new to the show, uh, we pick games every week, uh, picks against the spread. Obviously, don't bet on high school football. It is illegal. Uh, we merely do this for discussion <coughs> purposes because it makes. Um, talking about games more fun when you can talk about 
hey, this team is going to beat this team by this mm-hmm. many points, then rather this is going to be a win because, frankly, a lot of the teams you cover and a lot of games you cover are kind of like instant wins anyway. Um, so it just adds a little bit more intrigue to the discussion. But that being said, this game is a pick so you don't have to worry about any spread. And you know what? Rolling with the Tigers on this one. I got McKee's port winning. Um, I would be surprised if this game is even within seven points. I think McKee's port really runs up the score on that TJ defense, and TJ just can't keep up with him on the offensive side ball. I really don't know. I, I, I really don't. I'm glad it's a pick em, but, um, you know, you got TJ. I think they come in ticked off because of what McKeesport did to them last year. But, I you know, McKeesport's rolling right now. They want this game. Um, you know, I, I, I don't I don't know who to pick. It's, it's a like tough the, place to play, too. It is a very tough place to play at McKeesport. I think there's going to be – it's going to be a standing room only crowd. Um, I, you know, it's on a far trip from Jefferson Hills to – McKeesport, so I'd say TJ will travel well. McKeesport's going to pack it um, in on Friday night. Give me the Tigers. I'll take the Tigers, um, home favorites. And just for the fact that I would love some late-season chaos, I would love the story if it is McKeesport. Here they are all year, you know, kind of, you know, third fiddle to Belvern and TJ. Belvern and TJ is the game of the century. You know, Bell Vernon won the WPL championship pretty much in that game. And here come the McKeesport Tigers just, you know, like a tiger does, you know, stalking its prey. Picture it, picture it, picture it, picture it. <laughs> stalking its prey. Two price. The Leopards and the Jaguars. The other two, the other two big cats. <laughs> tigers get the Jaguars this week. Next week they get the Leopards. Next thing you know, McKeesport's the one seed in 4A and probably number one in the state. I would love to see that happen. I'd love to yeah. see it happen. Yeah, it, it would create a lot of chaos. And and you know that McKeesport, and that, that would create an even more fun playoffs, right? Like, oh, now McKeesport yeah. has got to play. Now Belvern and TJ are on the same side of the bracket, oh probably. Oh, my gosh. Like, so that would just create <laughs> so much chaos. Um, and the other big game in the big game, this is also – this is basically for a playoff spot. Laurel Highlands visiting Trinity. We have Laurel Highlands three and a half point favorites. And Laurel Highlands is a team where they have dealt with some injuries the last couple of weeks. You look at it, guys like DeMonte Kiss and Jaden Pratt, they might be out for this game. Um, does Rodney Gallagher basically just put the team on his back with, you know, three quarters of an offensive line um, and will his team into the playoffs? Yeah, I think he will, and I think he does. So, so I guess I give away my early prediction. I'm giving, I'm taking a little Highlands on the over. Um, yeah, I think he does. Um, I think this is going to be a high-scoring game because we know Trinity can put up points. Um, just going off what I've seen, I just think Laurel Highlands is the better team. I think they finally, you know, get past the losing bug of late, get back in the wooden column, and they get into the WPIO playoffs. And on the offensive side of the ball for Trinity, I mean, Connor Roberts has been, I mean. He has been a deep play threat. He's been not he's not shied away from being willing to to air the ball out uh, for the Hillers um, and Andrew Durig, I think on at wide receiver for them too. Uh, do you think the Trinity offense can just? I I, I know you pick Laurel Highlands, but do you think there's a possibility that Trinity can just completely outscore Laurel Highlands against the Laurel Highlands defense, which has not been fantastic this year? Um, do you think that that's a chance where Trinity can just like roll fifty six points and win fifty six to forty two or something? Yeah, you know they they have no problem scoring points. You know Trinity doesn't, so it's gonna be interesting. I think if Trinity wants to win this game, I think they're gonna have to run the ball. I think Peters Town or Peters Township. I think Laurel Highlands is a little better defending through the air. I mean, you got a guy like Rodney Gallagher who's probably gonna play defensive back and power five level, um, just to name one. Um, I think I think Trinity they're gonna have to run the ball and you know run it right down Laurel Highlands throat and, and I think that will help them win the game if you know I think that's a way they can win the game I think they're gonna have to get the run game going um, they can't just rely on Connor Roberts arm um, you know on hail Marys every play so um, that that would be the way I could see Trinity winning this game um, how does the Mustangs offense operate without two of their best receiving threats now that 
Rodney Gallagher is without his top two targets. He's he's basically got to do it all himself, right? And, you know, he still has Matt Lucas out there, but um, and Eric Allen in the backfield. But uh, do you think LH's offense will be handicapped by the fact that those two guys are going might be out this weekend? No, I, I, I don't. When you got a guy like Ronnie Gallagher, you know, there, there's you're, you're fine. And even Eric Allen. Eric Allen is a great offensive player that transferred in from Brownsville. <laughs> You know, I, I I do. I think they'll be fine. I think they'll still be able to put up points on the board. It'd be different if they were playing a, tr- you know, uh, you know, Bell Vernon or a, you know, TJ or McKeesport, you know. But you know, you're playing Trinity. You can still put points up on the board against them, even without your two best receivers. And let's pick this game. Uh, Little <coughs> Highlands three and a half point favorites. Uh, it sounds like you're going to go with the over. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go over. I'm not. I don't think it's gonna be a blowout. I think it's gonna be close. I think it may be like a touchdown win for Laurel Highlands, um, and then Ronnie Gallagher and them getting the playoffs. Not so fast, my friend. I got the under and win for Trinity, and not only do I have the under and win for Trinity, they're my lock of the week. I think the, the Hillers wow. win this game, make it into the playoffs. Uh, man, that Laurel Highlands defense. If they put Rodney Gallagher on Andrew Durig, I can see why that would create problems for Trinity. Uh, but I still think that they're going to be able to score points pretty consistently. And Laurel Highlands, that offensive line is, has worried me all year. And they're going up against the defensive line with the Banco brothers. And it, it, we've talked about Trinity's defensive line at end this year. Uh, so I like the Hillers. I think this is a favorable matchup for them at home, too. A senior night, so I, I think Trinity wins this game. Uh, mar- reasonably comfortable, <coughs> I would say. And final game of the week, Bethel Park at Moon. Probably the game of the week in the Whippeal. Now, this game will be for the Allegheny Six practically. Um, it, obviously, if Bethel Park wins this game and then loses to Upper St. Clair the week after, then there would be a three-way tie. Um, but in the grand scale of 5A, and this is where we'll get into the discussion of the best team in 5A. How big is this game in that skill of 5A? Do you think that the winner of this game is the best <coughs> team in 5A, or would it go to Penn Trafford, or uh, who else? I, I really don't know, because, like, you look at Bethel Park, they're 4-3 and three overall. They are 3-0 um, and oh in conference, but it's so weird because, yet, yeah, do you put Penn Trafford at 1? Although, here you have... A team that lost to Peters Township, um, pretty bad if I do say so myself. But let's look at the non-conference games for Bethel Park to maybe separate. Well, they lost twenty-eight nothing opening week to Mount Lebanon. That loss doesn't look too bad considering Mount Lebanon just rolled through everybody. They beat Baldwin thirty-five nothing. Now Baldwin's a bad six-A team. Let's be realistic. Baldwin be bad at five-A. They'd probably be bad at four-A. Okay. They lost to Cannon Mac by seven. Cannon Mac's going to be a playoff team in 6A. Not a bad loss. <coughs> and they got rolled Here's by the Gateway. Game. <laughs> yeah, then they get crushed by Gateway, 49-13. They barely beat Franklin Regional, 28-13. I mean, it's just like, you know, I, I, I don't know. Like, what, like... It's it's so interesting to see. And then, hey, who knows? If Pine Richland wins out, maybe Pine Richland gets the one seed if Bethel beats a moon. Um, so basically what I'm saying, moon, don't lose. So it's not so confusing. Yeah, I mean, it seems like every team but moon has that loss. They're like, well, they can't be the one seed. It's like Penn Trafford, they lost Peters Township. Yeah. And it was fairly comfortable win for Peters Township, too. Uh, so they can't be the one seed, right? Because Peter Township is barely a playoff team. And, like, you just go down this list of, like, every team has that loss to keep them from being the one seed to the point where you're like, well, I guess, like, Penn Hills would be the one. Like, like I, it, it's a very – and then Penn Hills lost to Gateway or something. Like, yeah, like, but, it's and like, then, like, you look at the Northeast Conference, Penn Hills lost to Pine Richland. North Hills beat Pine Richland. North Hills lost to Penn Hills. You got that. It, 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 you know, and then Fox Chapel's 2-1. and one. I mean, their one loss is only to Penn Hills. Fox Chapel still has Pine Richland and North Hills to finish the season out. So, like, it, you know. It, and then the craziest thing, here you have Kiski area, who started 5-0 and oh on the year. 
They're now 1-2 and two in conference with their only win being against Shaler, who hasn't won in the conference. But you have a Kiski team that's 6-2 and two right now looking on the outside, the outside looking in. And, and you, you know, Kiski's lost to North Hills. Kiski lost to Fox Chapel. So his Kiski's games the rest of the year are Penn Hills and Pine Richland. So I'm like, not going to make it. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I don't know. Do they take advantage of a, a weekend Pine Richland team? I mean, who who knows? All right, and back to Bethel Park at Moon. Um, do you think, just straight up, yes or no, that the winner of this game is going to be the one seed in 5A? No. Do the know? winner? The winner of this game. If Moon wins, yes. If Bethel Park wins, no. Is that is that answer I, your I question? Think, yeah, I think it's a tough sell for Bethel Park to be the one seed over uh, Penn Trafford. But, yeah, um, I agree with you there. Any Either way, though... I'm in favor of Chaos. This is a six-point favorite at home for Moon, but I like Chaos. I think Bethel Park right now is the better football team, and they can score points on anyway. And anyone, it seems like. Blackhawks, under and one. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to guess you did it because you picked them because they crushed Peters Township. Peters Township only lost by three to Moon. I mean, I'm going to guess that was your yeah. your big reason. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's, um, that's, that's as much reasoning as we can get so yeah, far this season. Either. Yeah, so the interesting thing, I was at that game. Peters was up 13-7. to Moon blocks a punt for a touchdown, go up 14-13, heading into half. 33 seconds are played in the second half. Big lightning delay. Here you got Moon, who has to go back to Moon from Peters Township, 45-minute drive. That's not counting traffic. Back to Moon High School. They depart. They go home. They got to get up and wake up early. The game's at 9.30 kickoff. They got to get to Moon High School. You know, how early? We'll say 7.30. Get to Peters Township by, you know, 45 minutes. So do the math there. And probably they, they probably left sooner than 7.30. And they still won that game. Now, it wasn't a trick play. But, you know, everything was going against Moon in that game. So I'm not going to hold that game against them. I mean, for God's sake, they did win the game. So, um, but I agree, Bethel Park has been great so far this season. You know, they've had a remarkable revenge tour, um, but I think their revenge tour comes up short, just like Michigan's did a few years ago. Uh, Give me the Moon Tigers. I'm I'm going to, oh my gosh, um, I'm going to take the over, but it's not by much. Not by much, but give me Moon. All right. A little bit of a differentiation there in the second or the third game of the week. And A.J. Whippeel will be at that game, so uh, follow A.J. Whippeel on Twitter and for live updates and all that. All right, continuing with picks against the spread for the rest of the games this Friday. Starting off with Avella at Carmichael's. Carmichael's 28-point favorites, and they are winning this game. Like, are they going to score 100? (laughs) Like, like Carmichael's (coughs) offense will... Make sure that they win this game and win with a statement. Um, yeah, if this game was a 60-point spread, I'd pick the over. Give me the over for the mics. I don't know about that because I think Carmichael's might take their starters out being so close to the playoffs, and they're going to play a host game. I know it's against the Vela, but I, I don't think that they're going to play that much. Like, you know, once they get their lead, I think Carmichael – because the type of a team of Vela is, they'll be out to, you know, you know, you don't want to put your guys out there at risk and get hurt in a game that doesn't mean anything, you know. So, um, but I'm still taking. The I over. think this game means something to Carmichael's. But in the know. grand scheme of things, it doesn't. <laughs> like I know it's a hatred because they knocked you out of the playoffs last year. They probably did you a favor because you weren't going to beat whoever Vela played. Jeanette. Well, Jeanette, yeah, you weren't beating Jeanette. Okay, so they probably did you a favor and saved you some, you know, medication, you know, some, some some medication and some bruises. So, you know, so yeah, give me. I'm still taking the over though. Carmichael, Trenton Carter's just too good. Michael Storch just too good. Pretty practically, pretty much anybody on that Carmichael's team is better than Avella. So give me that. Mapletown mm-hmm. visiting Benworth. Mapletown twenty one point favorites. Over. I think this isn't going to be. This is a twenty four point win. I think for the Maples. Just because it's kind of a letdown look-ahead spot and because it's on the road and it's on grass and a num- a, a variety of reasons, but I think this is going to be slightly over 21. Yeah, um, give me Mapletown over. And, um, yeah, you know, I, I think this is a game Landon Stevenson has maybe 300 yards rushing. Who knows? 
California, 21-point favorites at Manesson, and Manesson just won by 14 to the team that destroyed California. Um, they lost by 14. Oh, he's... Did I say beat by four? You said one by 14. Uh, lost by 14. The five um, viewers, they heard it. Uh, I'm hmm. sure they did. Um, they lost by 14 to the team that just blew out California a couple weeks ago. Um, for that reason and the fact that it's Agate Manesson and California doesn't really have anything to play for right now um, in entering these last two weeks, uh, I think this is going to be an under. I'm going to go over just because you picked under. Okay. That's my whole reason. No, no honestly, <laughs> I think Cal's better. Cal, for some reason, somehow plays better at Manesson than most teams do. Um, so I'm going to go with Cal. I think Damani Stafford has a big game on the ground. And Jefferson and West Green. West Green, 28-point favorites. Over. Yeah, give me the over. And in the century, Beth Center at McGuffey. McGuffey, 19-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, and Beth Center is playing this game after a week off, after Frazier uh, forfeited their game last week. And McGuffey's coming off of that tough loss. <coughs> I could see the trendy pick for the under in this game, but I got McGuffey with the over um, to seal their season. Yeah, it would be interesting to see if Beth Center could beat McGuffey and upset him because then, hey, that puts Beth Center as the three seed and McGuffey as the four. Um, but for the fact I want chaos with Waynesburg, Charleroi, and Beth Center, um, I'm going to take McGuffey and give me the over. I think McGuffey comes – Comes out mad. I think El Dalton will have his team ready, and uh, they'll they'll crush the Bulldogs on Friday night. And Charters Houston, 22-point favorites on the road at Waynesburg. And if there was ever a letdown look-ahead situation for Charters Houston, it would be this one because they got a bye week, and then they go to the playoffs after this. Um, I think they win this game, but they're playing a team that has a dynamic running threat and from what I saw at McGuffey, Kyle Brookman is not like what they have at Waynesburg. So I think this is going to be an under, but I think Chargers Houston still wins comfortably and because Chargers Houston's offense isn't really built to blow out anyone. Um, I disagree. I'm going to take the over. Char Houston wins. They beat Waynesburg. I know Waynesburg has braided woods, but um, I don't think he gets much going against the strong defense because it's you know this is a very young Waynesburg team and I think their youth will show against this veteran Char Houston team and I think Char Houston ends the season on a positive note because like you mentioned they're off next week they got a bye heading into the playoffs so uh, gives Char Houston a little more time to scout potential opponents as well so that's a big uh, week off for the Buccaneers but nonetheless give me the Buccaneers over and Albert Gallatin. 5A Albert Gallatin visiting Charleroi, 28-point favorites for the Colonials. 4A. All right. I think they were 5A a couple years ago. Man, they were 4. They played They played in with uh, TJ and all them. Okay. 28-point uh, mm-hmm. favorites for the Colonials, and uh, give me that over. Yeah, give me the over. Um, AG's been very good, um, as we've mentioned, since they left the WPIL. Um, they kind of set the standard for teams – to leave the WPIL that have been very bad. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. They're playing a WPIL team. Now, they, they have played some WPIL teams um, uh, since we have they have left, excuse me, not we. Um, so like I said, definitely should be interesting to see. We'll just look at their record this year. They're 4-2 and two right now. Um, we'll look at their um, games they have played, if I can find it. Yeah, so they lost to University, Morgantown, one of the uni- Morgantown high schools, 36-14. to 14. Morgantown is undefeated and in the top five in the state of West Virginia in 3A, which is West Virginia's highest classification. Um, so we're talking about they got a forfeit win on the schedule here. Um, they lost to Allegheny, uh, Maryland, 21-14, to 14, so right in there with that. In the games they won, they don't have on here. So thanks for that, Max. Perhaps <laughs> appreciate it. Maybe if I go here. Anyway, um, give me the over. Charleroi is going to have trouble against Albert Gallatin. Here we go. Albert Gallatin beat York 40 to nothing. They beat Northern Maryland 33 to 13. They beat Uniontown 34 to nothing. So they started the season out 3 0. Then they lost to Allegheny. Got a forfeit one against Southern. Lost to University. And now that they had the week off, they play Charleroi. 
and they end their season against Spring Mills, West Virginia next week. So, and this is an interesting topic because, hey, we might be covering AG next year because I have a feeling that we might see AG rejoin the Whippy. We'll see. Uh, either way, they, they get that over and beat Charleroi pretty handily. Uh, Brownsville, a team that we've discussed maybe dropping out of the wheel, and they'll be on the road against Yawk. Yawk, 28-point favorites, and I'm, I'm surprised this game hasn't been forfeited already. Like, uh, I feel like Brownsville is, is just going to forfeit this game and probably the rest of the season. But this is the game that, you know, Brownsville could look at and be like, hey, this is the one game we can compete in. Um, but either way, I think Yawk wins this game by double digits and gets the over. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see because look at the suspensions that are going to come down on Yawk this week um, that happened against Valley. You know, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, who is suspended and what, where, and, you know. Um, but I, I still think Yawk has enough. Brownsville's just not very good. So give me uh, Brownsville, or excuse me, sorry, give me Yawk in the over. And in the 3A interstate, Elizabeth Ford at Southmoreland, the Warriors 28-point favorites. And if Elizabeth Ford can beat Mount Pleasant by twenty by 35, they can beat Southmoreland by more. So I got the over for the Warriors. Yeah, give me the over as well for the Warriors. South Park visiting Mount Pleasant. Mount Pleasant 27.5-point favorites. And I think this is right at 28. Uh, four touchdown win for the Vikings. Yeah, I agree. Give me the over. Hey, special shout out. Look at the camera, Ben. You're on camera. Oh, what's Our that? photographer, Ben <laughs> Champ. See all those pretty pictures you see on Friday nights? That's our guy, Ben Champ, as he interrupts our podcast. But it's a lovely interruption, as usual. Yeah, I set up for JSW. That's all right. All right. Um, last game here in the interstate, South Allegheny at home hosting Deer Lakes, who has done a surprising little stretch run here for the Lancers. Um, 13-point favorites for South Allegheny. I think the Gladiators win this one, but not as convincingly as excuse me, a 28-point win uh, over. Yeah, give me the over as well. And in the Big 8, Ringgold at West Mifflin, this game is going to be a pick em. Neither of these teams are going to make the playoffs. And you know what? I got the Rams. The Ringgold Rams win this game over the Titans. Yeah, I agree. Give me the Ringgold Rams. I really like them in this game against a, uh, you know both teams. Like you said, they're they're playing for basically their season. Um, but I like Ringgold in this game. I think Ringgold's really a team on the rise. And jumping up into the Allegheny Six, <coughs> South Fayette at Upper St. Clair. The Panthers twenty-four point favorites over mm-hmm. on the Panthers. They win and uh, really have their sights on Bethel Park next week. Yeah, Upper St. Clair, because here it is. If Bethel Park can upset Moon, Upper St. Clair plays Bethel Park next week. If Upper St. Clair can win that game, there we are at a three-way tie in the Allegheny Six. Wouldn't it be crazy if we had two three-way ties in 5A? It's, you know, as crazy (laughs) as that sounds, it's a great possibility. And not only two three-way ties, but a three-way tie between Upper St. Clair, Bethel Park, and Moon. Yeah, like <laughs> I mean, we just if you just take a quick look at each conference in five A, you could have Penn Hills, North Hills, Pine Richland, all tie, maybe even Fox Chapel replace one of those teams. Like we said, Fox Chapel plays Pine Richland and North Hills the rest of the way, the next two weeks. So Fox Chapel can beat one of those teams. I mean, who knows? You know, you don't really think of Fox Chapel as a football school, but look at these games. All four that I mentioned: Penn Hills, North Hills, Pine Richland, Fox Chapel, all two and one. Want to hear their records? Penn Hills and North Hills are four and three. Pine Richland and Fox Chapel are four and four. So like, it's not that far out of the question. The other conference, it, you know, it's it's pretty crazy right now. You got <clears throat> Penn Trafford, Gateway, Franklin Regional. Penn Trafford's three and zero. Who's to say Franklin Regional doesn't pull the upset against Penn Trafford? Do I think that happens? Probably not. But hey, who doesn't love chaos? And then like we mentioned in. The Allegheny Six with Moon Bethel and Upper St. Clair. And the uh, final game here in the Allegheny Six and the game that is basically for a playoff spot. West A at Peters Township. Indians 18.5 point favorites. I can see the trendy underpick, and I feel like you're going to go there. Uh, but I got the Indian, the what Peters Township Indians winning this one and getting the over. Yeah, I agree, but I'm going to take the under. But Peters Township does win. I will. This is my lock of the week. I guarantee an Indian will win on Friday. No, I'm just kidding. It's not my lock. It was just a joke because... Well, you only got one game left. uh, (laughs) Wink, wink. I know what I'm doing. No, but uh, 
this is my guarantee. The Indians will win on Friday night. The Indians. Well, that is a fairly easy guarantee. That's my guarantee uh, of the week. In <laughs> uh, six, I can and Mac 17-point favorites at Norwin, and Norwin was tied with Mount Lebanon at halftime, and that's probably the most you can say for the Norwin night season all year. Um if, for that reason, I think Kanemak comes out a little sluggish, especially since they just played the last two teams, and they that basically set their playoff destiny that they're going to be five anyway. Um, I got the under, but I think it's probably two touchdowns. I disagree. I got the over. This is my lock of the week. All jokes aside, this truly is. Um, I got the over. I think Kanemak rolls against Norwin and um, really just dominates the Knights and say, hey. Hempfield, Baldwin, Norwin, we're all better than you. We deserve to be in the playoffs, and they roll. All right, and that'll just about finish up this podcast. Thank you to everyone who is watching on Facebook. Uh, We'd like to do this on Facebook more. And we would also like to shout out um, our Patreon, our Teespring page, PA Football News, for all the great work that's done on there. Um, You can go check out our pictures on Instagram. We're really kind of... Um, putting a lot into the Instagram page right now, and it's uh, paying off for the last couple weeks, so that's exciting to see. Follow us on Twitter at PA Backyard, at Nathan Grella, at Jeremiah Miller Zero. And I don't think I'm forgetting anything. Uh, thank you guys for listening slash watching, and we will see you guys next week when we're talking about the last week of the regular season. See you guys. You've been listening to the Backyard PA Football Podcast with Nathan Grella and Jeremiah Miller. Contact us on Facebook, Twitter, or through email. Support us on Patreon. Check out some merch on Teespring. Thank you for listening. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.